Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Welcome back to the Mo Show. We are in the same place, King Abdullah Economic City, at the uh, at the ladies' golf tournament, uh, the first of its kind here in Saudi Arabia. Um, I just want to thank uh, the people that made this all possible for the Mo Show to be here today, uh, the Zahid Group. The Zahid Group have 23 companies, 5,000 employees. Uh, two of the companies are actually on my desk, Casper and Gambini's and Chocolate and Love. Um, so I just want to thank them for you know being progressive, uh, recognizing the show, uh, choosing to, to, to position me here and, and, and giving me the exposure that I probably wouldn't have seeked otherwise. Uh, so all thanks to them, uh, you know, constantly being at the forefront of everything that the country is doing. And uh, I am truly thankful for that. Uh, today, I have, uh, it's actually a real honor for me to introduce uh, Saudi Arabia's first pro golfer. He, um, he's from the east coast of Saudi Arabia. Uh, he's a guy that, I known, that I've known for about 15 years now, back uh, from our days in Dubai. I'd like to welcome the very lovely Mr. Uthman Al-Mullah. Thanks for having me, man. Thank I've been you for excited to come out and actually do this. been watching a couple of your episodes. You have, so you've exciting. been tuning in. All right. Exciting. Have you watched them all? Not yet, unfortunately. Trying to give myself a break. Yeah, you should. Yeah. <laughs> Once you're done you know, playing every, every course uh, you know, in the country or in the GCC, I think you'll have time to cover it. How have you been, man? How's this year been for you? As tough as it is for us, has it been for you? It's been interesting. Like, uh, it, it was, I was living in Dubai uh, in March, and I just finished the stint traveling from country to country, playing professional golf on the MENA tour, which is a developmental tour on, in the Middle East. Mm-hmm. Kind of had a really good schedule for myself for the rest of the year. And um, we were sat in a coffee shop in Jordan uh, at the end of one of our tournaments, and we got word that our schedule was being postponed because of c- COVID. Mm-hmm. So move back to Dubai, training, preparing for what may come next. And I actually had a business, uh, a, b- a business video to shoot in, in Riyadh with the Saudi Olympic Committee. So I fly to Riyadh for a day shoot and I couldn't come back. Mm-hmm. So I ended up flying back to the East, East Coast. Um, I ended up going back to the office working for Aramco in finance. Mm-hmm. And, and it's been interesting. Like, it's been tough, obviously, trying to figure out what I'm going to do, what my next steps are. But it's been it's been actually beautiful as well. I've gone to reconnect with family, gone to reconnect with myself, and gone to actually take a break, which yeah. I haven't done for a very long time. It's a nice change. Yeah, it grounds you. Most of the people I spoke to, they're like, you know what, COVID was one of the best things that happened to me. Yeah. It broke the routine. You know, you're doing something different, and it's not the mundane thing that we're used to doing every day. Yeah. Um, so that's uh, that's always good to hear. Do you manage to play when you're in the East Coast? Uh, so in the beginning, it was a bit tough, obviously, with restrictions and lockdown. But golf, we were very, very lucky that golf was one of the first sports that came back. So mm-hmm. I actually set out a schedule for myself, and I started training six days a week, and I actually became kind of serene, kind of playing golf for the love of the game again, kind yeah. of just being happy to be outside, which we always took for a given, I think. Yeah, we did indeed. How did it all start? Because golf is not the first sport a father thinks of getting his son into, uh, as far as Saudi is concerned. It's always soccer, might be basketball. Golf is further down the list. Uh, how did it all happen for you? So if, if you allow me, I'll actually go way, way further back. Um, I grew up in America when I was, I moved to America when I was three, stayed there till I was about eight, and then moved back to, to Saudi, only speaking English. Um, I spoke a little bit of Arabic, but I found it very, very tough to reintegrate back into the Saudi school system and stuff like that. So I started thinking of ways that I could uh, endear myself to to my fellow classmates. And one of those things was through PE class. Uh, I was always athletic and I loved to run. So I started playing soccer and um, I excelled actually. And it became a situation where I was accepted because I was a gifted athlete and it was always like, oh, we want Atman on our team. So it became kind of a way for me to fit in. And I excelled very, very quickly. and that became the dream. 
my dad would coach our youth teams. I'd go on travel teams representing uh, Aramco youth teams. And then I started to, to be recognized by some of the scouts in the Eastern province. So these big dreams started of playing for the national team and playing for some of the big clubs in Saudi. And, and I always had kind of an unwritten agreement with my mom that as long as my grades wouldn't drop, I could continue to play soccer five, six times a week. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm loving life, training with uh, a Nahda's under 18 team, about to sign papers to make it official. What and position you play? I was either a winger or a striker. I was going to say midfield, okay. Yeah, nice. I was like super quick. I was tiny, but I was really, really fast. Yeah, you got to be fast for that right <laughs> midfield. Right <laughs> midfield? Right or left midfield, yeah. I could play anywhere. That'd anywhere be the with the guy yeah, on the pitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, loving life. My grades come out and I get B's instead of A's. And my mom has a kind of a big talk. Like, we've always treated you as an adult, as a kid. And we've included you in all our conversations and decision making. And we had an agreement that you could continue to play um, unsupervised, I guess. Like, and, and, and find a balance between school and, and soccer. But... Once my grade dropped, my mom said, okay, for the summer, no soccer. You can go out and see your friends. You can do whatever you want. But that was like catastrophic for me at the time because it's all I did. Yeah. Hanging out with my friends was playing soccer. Like going out was playing soccer. So I said, she's my mom. She'll like, she'll budge. I just need to be patient for a couple of days. She'll budge, she'll budge. And like, I was like, no, she's not budging. <laughs> so one of my expatriate friends, uh, I used to live in the Aramco community in Tehran. And, and one of my expatriate friends said, let's go play golf. And I'm like, what are you talking about that's such a boring old man slow sport like we're so active and we all, he's like listen maybe but what other alternative do you have you're sad at home you're bored we might as well go so how old are you 15, 15. I, I just turned 15 okay so picks me up his mom picks me up and we we were driving to the golf course and i'm expecting to see something like where we're at today like a picturesque beautiful golf course on the coast like something like at least i'm like it'll be a nice walk right yeah we get to the golf course and it's a sand golf course. At the time, there was maybe one grass golf course. So I'm like, where's the golf course? He's like, it's here. We start here, the flag is there, let's go play, stop complaining. So we start playing with a group of other, other, some, other some of his other friends and quickly I found out that I was terrible. And for I was uber competitive growing up. Like I just wanted to be the best at everything and anything. So it became an obsession. Like it was almost like, I need to be better than everyone here because I was better than them at soccer. Mm. And I couldn't comprehend, ignorance I guess, I couldn't comprehend how they were better than me. So, start practicing. I started calling him every day. I was like, let's go play golf, man. Like, I'm so excited. And he's like, look, it's a hobby for me. Like, I had fun going one day a week. Here are my golf clubs, you go play. And I was literally out there every single day grinding. It was unreal. So summer ends, I'm back to school, and now I had soccer and golf. And my mom was like, what are you doing? Like, so I started to excel. Like, uh, throughout our talk today, I'm going to reference that I've been lucky to get the opportunities that I've gotten. I've, I've kind of ground out some opportunities for myself, but I was, I was also very, very lucky to be in an environment that allowed that to happen. Um, six months, seven months after that, I meet the national team captain, Captain Ali Baharat at the, the, the Aramco Golf Club in Lahran. And he's like, wow, you're a Saudi and you play golf. Like, at the time, the game of golf was played by maybe 10 people That's infancy yeah so and the national team was a couple of aramco employees and maybe a couple of guys that weren't aramco employees that were just volunteering to go represent saudi arabia regionally so i joined the junior national team and it's so funny how that happened because it was basically him trying to create a structure where kids could start to play golf and then graduate to the national team 
So I tell my mom this. I say, I met the national team captain. He's super excited. He wants me to start playing for the junior national team. And my mom's like, who's this guy that's come to kidnap my son? <laughs> it's so funny. So she goes, look, I'll tell you what, not to break my spirit. She goes, if you can bring me a letter from the government saying that he is a representative from the golf federation, then you can go train. So I said, fine. So I go away. I tell him this. The next day I come back with this letter printed and signed by the government. And she's like, Ibrahim, my dad, go with him. Like, go figure out what's going on. Yeah, yeah. So then started this amazing whirlwind of a journey. Uh, I, I broke into the first team within six months after that. And, and, and I was off and running. And my parents didn't really know, like, yeah, you're representing Saudi. It's a super new sport. My friends didn't know where I was going when I'd miss a week of school. So we play golf. And I started to excel and I started to compete. Obviously, there's no juniors that play in the GCC. So anytime I had any like any sort of positive result, it was like, wow, like maybe you can actually do something in this sport. Yeah. So then I get this really brilliant idea. I said, OK, I'm getting really, really good. I'm starting to like itch the surface of where I can get to with this golf thing. I know we've expanded a bit on where I started, but I ended up convincing my parents to send me to boarding school. And then back to the U.S. Back to the U.S. Yeah. Like <laughs> what a decision. Mm -hmm. I, I sit down with my parents and I said, look, I'm doing really good at this thing. I, I feel like if, if I go to the States, I can continue to progress and I can create a really cool opportunity for myself to be something big. So they say, OK, where are you going to go? I said, I'm going to go to South Carolina. There's this academy where it's catered to gifted students, male and female, who are good at actresses, equestrians. And tennis players so we'd all go to school together from 8 to 12 and then from 2 to 6 each student would go to their own individual academies and they bought it they bought it yeah and I, I had such a great time I packed my bags and left as a 17 year old which is obscene at the time like to play a sport that's so new mm -hmm. and to have it's it's not very common for a Saudi family to send their their, their child abroad if they haven't had an abroad upper upbringing yeah, so yeah, yeah. end up playing golf end up going to community college to play community college golf and then go to New Mexico State because at the time I'm like so confused about what I want to do with my life yes I'm doing really good at school I'm doing really good at golf and I'm starting to compete and starting to really see like see some fruits from my labor yeah, yeah. so yeah I remember you I remember New Mexico State that's where you went to yeah that's your alma mater yeah yeah I actually didn't end up graduating so I went to New Mexico State because they had a great marketing golf golf program and and I remember it so vividly like it was yesterday um, in my third semester there winter time towards the end of the semester I call my parents super late at night it's super early in Saudi Arabia and I go mom dad I need to have a family meeting mm. and they're like it's six in the morning like are you okay like what's going on it's like I just need to have a family meeting are you ready to have a family meeting she said yes I'm like are you failing are you in trouble what's going on I said even better I said I've come up with a really good decision that I believe that would be the best interest of myself and us as a family she goes Okay. I go, look, I'm a fully, fully, full-time enrolled student at New Mexico State. I'm a full-time national team athlete ranked first in Saudi Arabia. And I'm finding it very, very difficult to, to find a balance to fully invest my time in my education or to fully invest my time in my golf game. So I found out that I can pause my scholarship. I was on one of, one of the, the, the Saudi educational scholarships yeah. in, in the States. And they're like, are you sure? I said, yes, I can, I can raise a request. Then I'll get a one-year break from my scholarship. He said, if you're sure, then do it. So at the time, you'd send an email and wait for a reply. <laughs> so I sent an email, packed my stuff, and I moved to Dubai. No questions asked. Two weeks later, I get a reply, your request has been denied. Oh, shoot. Yeah, so I'm like, I'll figure it out later. 
I got some support from the government. I'm going to fully invest my, myself in this golf so thing. So five when I saw you there, oh six. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So playing golf full time, yeah. practicing every single day, nine hours a day, wow. fully invested in my game tanked. I was, I was going to say yeah. like, it must have been tenfold. Oh yeah. Like I, you'd assume, right? You, you, I, yeah. I'm yeah. investing a couple of hours a day and I'm playing really, really good. So in theory, if I invest more time with good coaching, I should become unbelievable. And I found myself in situations where... When you say tank, did, did, did you mean it in a negative connotation? Oh, yeah. It like is a negative. I, I thought that it's one of those words that uh, has been negative for so long that now it's positive, like sick. <laughs> you know, that thing is sick. It's a negative, but, but you meant it went, it went south. Yeah, very, very quickly. Oh, God. Yeah. How does that make sense? I think it was just a matter of something I'd also like to get into a little bit later, mental health, right? Like okay. I, I feel like because my parents had given me such a beautiful opportunity to go out and kind of chase my dreams almost un unfiltered really like yeah. go out we'll support you no matter what yeah i felt an obligation to make something of myself and i felt an obligation to kind of achieve the goals that i had set out for myself and i found myself whenever something would go negatively saying i'm letting my family down i'm letting my country down I'm letting myself down like i made such big decisions to quit school like what's going on i'm actually investing time why why am i not getting better and at the time, it wasn't really something we talk about, right? Like depression, like falling in, falling in a place where you don't want to get out of bed and you just want to stay in home and don't do anything. So kind of had to like pick myself up and kind of like rebuild my confidence a bit. So that took some time. Um, I ended up exploring other things and, and, and kind of put golf on the back burner because something that had given me such unbridled joy was suddenly making me so sad and depressed. So I said, I'm going to put that on the side. It's a lot of weight to shoulder. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. And especially not talking to it about anyone. I, Cause I felt the worst thing that I could do now is talk to my parents about it because they've given me everything. Although probably the best thing I could have done was to go talk to them. So yeah. end up having another family meeting. And I said, I think it's a good time for me to go back to the States. So move back to America go to the University of Houston downtown campus, finance degree, fully invested in my education. And I finished very, very quickly, 3-3 GPA, like from awesome. just a student athlete to kind of actually doing a really, really good job. I got a job straight away with a Saudi Aramco and then <laughs> started working and then did really, really well at my job, but I found myself like unfulfilled. Like I felt like something was missing. Yeah, because you needed that itch, itch scratched. And I didn't know what the itch was, right? Yeah. So try this, try that. I traveled, I did some hiking, I did adventuring. And then I'm like, maybe it's golf. Like I still played golf, but it was like a hobby. Like I play a couple times a, a, couple times a month and still semi-okay enough to play for the national team in some events. So I started training like myself, like unsupervised, kind of learning from the experiences that I had throughout my golf career. And I found myself in a situation within four months of starting that process of being in contention to win a big regional event um, okay. in Kuwait in the GCC championships. And I'm leading going into the last hole in the final round. And I'm like, wow, this is a great feeling. And I end up losing. <laughs> so how, how far did you come along in that? Like, so I finished second. I, I've, I lost on the last hole, the absolute okay. last hole. And, and my dad is there and the national team teammates are there and they're like consoling me. And I'm like, look guys, I need five minutes. Like just leave me be for five minutes. And, and all those emotions came rushing back and I like locked myself in a room and I like cried and I'm like, I need to make a big decision here. Like, I think all the depression and, and all the, you're never going to make it. And then having almost 
reached one of my goals, like having all those emotions just flooding into me. And I said, look, I have a pretty big decision to make here. Like I looked at myself in the mirror and I said, I can decide, yeah, I gave it a try. Didn't work out. I'll just fully invest myself in my job and my, my life and it'll be fine. Like, well, I won't even have a second thought. Or I can say, look, I practiced for a couple months and I put myself in a position very, very quickly to compete at a high level regionally. And I decided to do the latter. So I said, okay, I know what I did. I know how I can get better. And now it's time to make a plan. So start training, make a plan to, to, to practice all the time after work. And then one of the first lucky instances happens. A new program is created for elite athletes. Uh, um, government-based? Government-based, yeah. They, they decided to choose the most talented athletes from individual sports that may win an Asian or an, or an Olympic medal. And I was lucky enough to be uh, chosen for one of those spots. So that then gave me the opportunity to play golf full-time. So I get a letter giving me time off because of national duty, and I'm playing golf full-time. So I was a full-time athlete. And then I had some, some, some pretty big goals that I wanted to achieve as an amateur golfer. Uh, till today, uh, golf is an amateur sport in Saudi Arabia. The national team is an amateur team. So I always wanted to win the, the, the Pan Arab Championships. The Pan Arab Championships has been an event that's been going on for almost 50, 50 plus years now. And, and Saudi Arabia has never meddled in the event, not okay. first, second, or third. Mm. So 2016, we actually assembled such a really great team. It was myself, Khaled Atiyah, Saud al-Sharif, and Ali al-Sakha, and we ended up blowing the field like by 19 shots. First? Yeah, first. We, we won the gold medal in the event as a team. Phenomenal. Yeah, it was I, I got goosebumps, man. Yeah, it was unbelievable. And then Khaled Atiyah and I finished first and second, and, and, and it was just like, wow, like all this work is finally... Wow, paid off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and that's always been a driving, a driving thing in my life. I've always wanted to represent Saudi. Like, I always felt so much pride being a Saudi athlete walking out in the opening ceremonies and seeing the Saudi, raz Saudi flag raised and, and being able to hear the national anthem when we won an event. It's, it's intoxicating. Mm. It never gets old, I bet. Never. And it's crazy. People say, well, you've won an event before. You've walked out in an opening ceremony before. But it, it's just, it's, it's an indescribable feeling because I bet. having grown up in, in America and then Saudi Arabia and then seeing all the opportunities that my mom and dad have been given and then myself mm. as in, in education and in athletics and then seeing how amazing the country is becoming day by day, it, it's just, I can give back to the country. Even if it's a sport that people don't believe in, even if it's a, a small token of appreciation to the country, it's still something historic that's written in history books in the name of Saudi Arabia. And yeah. that was massive to me. Yeah. So fast forward to 2018, end of 2018, I started thinking about what next? It was always my dream to become a professional golfer, always. Like I wanted to be the first professional golfer from Saudi Arabia. And, and I wanted to achieve things that have never been done before. Like it was a driving force in my soul. So. I was lucky because His Excellency Yasser Ramayan was appointed the chairman of the Saudi Golf Federation and, and he appointed an interim CEO, Majid Saroor, to, to, to handle the day-to-day. -day. And I started, I, I, I sit at home and I'm like, okay, I need to make a really good proposal to pre present to them what I want to do, what I want to achieve, how I can do it. Because it's, at the end of the day, it's also a business decision for them. So yeah. I call them to set a meeting. And on the same phone call, they said, yeah, sure, come, come by next month. We'll set a meeting. We'll sit down. But in the meantime, we want to talk to you about an opportunity we want to present to you. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And they go, 
we would like to give you the opportunity to, to turn professional. We're going to support you. We're going to get you events, and, and we're going to provide a platform for you to, 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 to thrive. And I said, unbelievable. When can I sign up? Is this Aramco or PIF? This is the Saudi Golf Federation. Saudi Golf. Yeah, yeah Saudi Golf. So we have the meeting. 2019, uh, the first ever Saudi International Championship, men's championship, is hosted in, at, at Royal Greens here where we are today. And it was my coming out party. I, I, it was my first event as a professional golfer. Mm -hmm. And it was unreal. Like I, 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 I still get goosebumps thinking about it now because I feel like I was floating that week on clouds. Like it, I bet you it's were. been something I've dreamt about my whole life. Yeah. First of all, turning professional. Second of all, having the first ever professional events. I play in, in Saudi Arabia, like with home fans and having kids and girls come out and cheer me on was an unbelievable, like life changing experience. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I've just been on that path ever since, like just playing professional golf, trying to grow the game that I love yep. and, and just trying to figure out how far I can go. Um, did you ever expect uh, in, in your growing up years to get to the point where um, where you'd see a, a, an all female event uh, on a course that looks like the one we're on today in Saudi? I mean, did that would that ever cross your mind growing up? It's so many things like it's, it's mind numbing, really, if, if, if I'm honest with you, because we always had to travel abroad to play a good golf course, let alone a good tournament. Yeah, we, we, we had some golf courses here, but to have a world championship golf course that's so, so beautifully designed here on the coast in our country is unreal. Yeah. And then we had a men's international European tour event. And now to see an all females event is, is just, it's not unheard of. Obviously Saudi Arabia has, has, has been at the forefront of making ch drastic changes quickly and being able to adapt at that and to showcase all that the Saudi population has to offer. But in, in, in my particular sport, it was all new and for for all of it to happen so quickly is yeah, surreal yeah. you get someone random in here today he'd probably guess that this event has been happening for you know 15 20 years you know this is pretty much a date well it's a debut it's the first time they do a female and and it's it, it looks flawless it looks effortless it looks so organized um you know they know what they're doing those in charge know what they're doing 100 percent, 100 percent. and i think they've it's not it, i think that the, the great thing is 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 King Salman and, and, and His Royal Highness Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman have, have, have a very vivid dream and goal of what they want Saudi Arabia to look like. And, mm -hmm. they, and they've empowered influential people um, in different cabinets and, and in different positions to kind of go out and achieve those goals. And, and we're bearing the fruits of the, that labor. I, yeah. mean, I mean, to, to see the landscape and how quickly it's changing and to see the big plans they have for the country, it, it's such an exciting time to be Saudi and, 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 and to actually invite people in and, and say, look, you may not know a lot about Saudi Arabia, but come have a look. Come see what we have to offer. Come see if it's for you. And I guarantee you, most people will be surprised. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Has the game picked up locally? More people picking up clubs, getting on the course, Saudis? I, I think massively. I think it's been, it's, it's been a, bit, a bit new. And, and, and I think it's a big job to kind of change some of the stereotypes around the game of golf in general i mean the game of golf struggles a bit worldwide not just in saudi arabia it's an aristocratic sport it's a, it's a game for older generations it's, it's it's a game for people that are out of shape so i think we have we have a, an obligation and a responsibility to kind of show people that it's not the case i mean look we have a world championship here with females from all around the world of all different race religion body shapes age it's it's a sport where a lot of people can p compete and and a message i always like to share is 
the game of golf is the only sport where a mom, dad, son, and a daughter can go out and play the sport and compete and have a great time. Like so true. The game of golf can give so many things to so many people, and I think that's kind of how I like to market golf. Like, okay, you have some misconceptions about golf. Come to a golf course. Like. At a bare minimum, you're going to come see somewhere very, very picturesque that you can get away from the city and the hustle and bustle of the yeah. city and you can have a great afternoon. Yeah. As a bare minimum, let's say you don't like golf. But I found that most people that come are actually quickly surprised. Like not everyone's going to like it. Sports and, and activities are different for different people and they fulfill different things and their wants and needs. But I think it's it's a little bit unfair to judge something unless you've tried it. Yeah. And And to be honest, it's actually like, it's fed one of my goals, really, getting, getting to be able to talk about something that I love so dearly in Saudi Arabia and, and the sport of golf because I've always been raised to have a positive influence on any situation you're in. Um, my parents have raised me to be super driven and, and, and to leave an impact somehow, some way. Um, and I find that it, it like burns me in my soul. Like I find like any situation where I, where I have an opportunity to make a situation better or to help someone or to help someone think about how they can achieve their dreams or, or, or if I can share some of my heartbreak and some of my sorrows and, and, and talk about my depression, it's okay. Like I'm in a better place now and I've, I've actually grown through some of those experiences. So I'm not, I like to be super transparent and I, and I like to be straightforward and, and, and I always have an open door to anyone that wants to have a conversation from any walk of life because I believe that I was given such beautiful opportunities via my parents, via my community, via my government that I need to give back. It would be easy for me to just take, take, take. Um, but I feel like p part of the joy of doing what I'm doing is to actually give back and inspire yeah. a generation of boys and girls and even men and women to go out and be entrepreneurs, to be athletes, to, to go out and like think what they can achieve because like we have such a beautiful community of males and females that can achieve anything. And, and we've, we have such a beautiful platform and such a beautiful environment to go out and actually try and do those things. And, and some, of the, some of the amazing guests that you've had on your podcast are, are inspiring. And, and, and there's so many stories everywhere we look. And I think it's about time that we actually start commending each other. And, and it's a beautiful thing. And I, I'm so... I'm, I'm, I will continue to reiterate, I'm so blessed and I'm so lucky to be given these opportunities. I'm sat here talking to someone that I consider a dear friend that has gone and created a cool podcast who, that's something that could shape the hearts and minds of anyone that, that gets the opportunity to listen to this podcast. And, and, and I think it's our obligation to, yes, go out and try and make the world a better place. I think yeah. if we all think of that first before thinking, how, I can, how can I take, I think we'll all be better off for it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, first of all, thank you for, for what you said about the podcast. Um, I really don't take anything lightly when it comes to someone commending, uh, you know, the establishment of this podcast, the content that comes out of it, the people I met and, you know, everything that the platform offers. So thank you for that. Um, and um, that's I, I want to go back to something that you said earlier that you want to give back to the sport. You are giving back to the sport. I, I saw what you did today. Um, you didn't see me see you, but I saw you. I saw you with a young family. I saw you in the commentator's box for three hours. I actually didn't even see you pick up a golf club, you know? So everything that you've done today was giving back. If you picked up a golf club and it was at the driving range or the putting green, or that would have been doing you, but you didn't do you today. You know, you did for others. Uh, I can see how 
deep down you really want to give back and and it's an amazing thing to see it sh it's a testament to how humble you are as a person mm -hmm. um and um and and, and a lot of people you know you never know who you touch but i'm sure that you know that that kid that you you know corrected his grip um you know your your voice in the commentary box today that's that's work and i'm sure those people are really appreciative of the work that you do put in mm -hmm. uh alaik. so that's um that's that's really awesome um i wanted to ask you uh, just going back to the actual game, um, have uh, have you ever been out on a course with uh, with one of the big 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 boy players, either playing with or or around? Uh, you know. So I've been very very lucky. I've I've played in, in some amazing championships in the name of Saudi Arabia individually. Um, in two thousand seven, I qualified to play in the Dubai Desert Classic as an amateur, and I actually got to meet Tiger Woods, who's been pretty much the person who inspired me to play golf. Is uh, he your favorite oh, pro? By far, yeah. by okay. far, by far. Yeah. What he's what he's gone on to achieve in the game of golf and is still achieving is is unreal, something unheard of. It and is. to get the opportunity to meet him at 21 from a country that's so young in in, in the world of golf is is surreal and it, it 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 put a seed in me that made me continue wanted to 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 continue to want to grow and to put myself in those environments day in day out. Mm. Fast forward to 2019, I was actually lucky enough to play with another one of my idols, Ernie Ellis, here at the Saudi International. I, I, I was paired with him and Andy Sullivan. And this was last year, right? Last year. Although I didn't play to the best of my abilities, I had a profound, profound moment midway through, through one of the rounds. And I was a bit down, a bit kind of trying to figure out why my game were, wasn't where I wanted it to be, why I wasn't performing. And I took, I just like, time froze for a second and I looked around and my parents are there walking with me there's a couple of Saudi kids some families and I like I said to myself I'm like Uthman yeah like I want to win and I want to make the cut and I want to achieve unbelievable things but look at where we're at like take a second and actually appreciate what you've done and like think about this as an opportunity it's just your first step and it goes back to my upbringing and how my parents always raised me to have good perspective and to kind of think of things wholly and not just from one voc focal point. So I said, me playing this tournament is a privilege, not a right. And I have an obligation to carry myself, even in defeat, even in playing at my poorest, to inspire these young boys and girls. Yeah. And, and to be fair, I didn't make the cut that week, but I won the biggest trophy I could have ever won. I, I, I was, after one of my rounds, I was sat in the hospitality and, and my parents were sat outside and I was just having a bite to eat. And, and two families came up to my mom and dad and said, look, we're, we're so proud of you as parents for you to raise such a humble young man that's inspiring our kids. Like our kids say they want to play golf now and they've never ever wanted to do that. Saudi family? Saudi family, yeah. And, and that's huge. Unbelievable because to be fair, another one of my driving like burning desires is to say thank you to my parents. It, like they give parents everywhere give unexpectedly they just give because they want what's best for their yeah. boys and girls so so I remember the time where I quit school I was on a scholarship and I quit school and I'm so sure that my parents heard every single day you're letting your kid throw his life away how could you guys be so irresponsible so to hear now after all this time and after all the struggles and after everything that we've both been through and some of the risks they've, they've taken to give me the opportunities to go out and dream chase. Like, yeah, I'm brave for, for having a big dream and a big goal, but I couldn't have done any of it without them, without them providing me 
an environment where I could feel like I could flourish. Uh, the un- unsung heroes. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And and it just continues to drive me. It, it drives me to be better. It drives me to, 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 to give back more and more. And it drives me to talk to people. Like, I love it. Like, people say I should just focus on my golf and I should just focus on being the best professional golfer I can be. But I have a beautiful opportunity to give back and to inspire boys and girls to go out and, and do things that were unheard of. And, and if I can play a small role in that, then I'm going to continue. Like, it, yeah, it's tough time. To, to, it's tough sometimes to manage expectations and to manage time. But again, we have an obligation to make people's lives better, to make the, our environment better. So if I'm not sat there doing that, then what's the purpose of me doing any of it? It's um, it's profound, man. It's bigger than golf. It's 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 l- it's life, you know. It's it teaches you a lot. This game. It teaches you to be punctual. A yeah. guest that came here earlier, Abdul Wahid, he was like, uh, with golf. I mean, you know, if you're at the tee at ten o two and you know you have a ten o'clock tee time, you miss uh, you miss it. It teaches you patience, um, perseverance. It's uh, it's a frustrating sport, you know. I've you know, I've, I've hit a five iron and there's nothing more frustrating than that <laughs> when, when it, you know, something you don't know anything about. But when I hit it and it goes right, I'm like, oh, God, um, it teaches you honesty. Um, I'm just reiterating what he said. Um, it teaches you honesty in playing the ball where it lies. Mm-hmm. Patience, all of that. I have a three year old. I want him to, you know, pick up a club and start uh, swinging, even if it's a plastic one in the living room. It teaches you patience, teaches you about yourself, you know, um, I, I wish the sport uh, was more popular locally. I'm glad that the seed is planted. I'd love by you know by the time my son is 13, 10 years from now, you know we have you know dozens of pro golfers. Um, you know I, I really do um, because uh, it's it shouldn't all, it shouldn't just be about football in Saudi. I can't even I don't even know what the second biggest sport is. I but um, I, I read an article in Arabian Business uh, a couple of days ago. 23 new golf courses mm-hmm. creating 50,000 jobs in Saudi Arabia. Yep. That was music to my ears. You know, that would be pretty cool. We have 13 regions, you know, one or two courses in each region. You know, planting the seeds at the grassroots levels in each region. You know, this, is, this can really put Saudi in a place where come 10 years from now, you're going to see some people that are decent, you know, like pros. We'll hear about them on the European tour or here and there. Hopefully it's, it's one, a great one of them is sat in front of you, hopefully, on the European or the PGA Tour in 10 <laughs> years. I mean, that's the big goal, and, and I agree. Um, a lot of people always ask, how is it being the first professional golfer from Saudi Arabia? And I say, it was great for a week. Now I want to be the first successful professional golfer from yeah. Saudi Arabia. Yeah. And, and I, I, I 100% think there will be. There's some unbelievable players in the national team set up now. Sir the Sharif, Khaled Atiyah is coming back to golf. And, and, and some of the other players are s- supremely talented. Yeah. And, and they, they're given really cool opportunities now to go train at world-class facilities and to play in world-class events and and it's it's such a beautiful thing the game has picked up um we saw this week two amazing initiatives launched ladies first initiative to get a thousand yeah. ladies to try the game of golf and to get free membership and to be able to to play on somebody's i loved hearing that it's unbelievable and then and then his excellency yasser man also launched the, the the sustainability initiative um trying to make and build golf courses that are environmentally friendly trying to create golf facilities that are self-sustained with employees that are Saudi from every single job. And I think that's that's a beautiful thing that th- there's like a holistic view on what we want to achieve through this game of golf. It really because, is. because it has a lot to offer. I think 
golf courses are beautiful places to be. They and, are. And the more the merrier, to be yeah. honest. Vitamin D was other thing. Gives you vitamin D. Sunshine every day. 100%, 100%, you know? Everyone looks better when tanned, I think. <laughs> yeah. Different people. And yeah. you did get different bounces. You get different results. And it's it's kind of how do you deal with those? Wind and yeah, moving it, the tees. Let's say exact same environment. You can play golf two days in a row and you're a proficient golfer. And you can have two supremely Completely, different yeah. Yeah. experiences. And I think that teaches you about life because you can invest a lot of time in a lot of things and you might not always reap the benefits of that, that work. True. And, and, and you need to figure out how to pivot and you need to figure out how to problem solve yeah. right away, ad hoc. Like, how can you make decisions to, to, to better further your opportunities and then to, to expand on the opportunities that you have already? Um, perseverance, patience, how to be around different people from different backgrounds. I mean, the game of golf is so phenomenally so phenomenally broad because you can have professional golfers competing in one group and then the next group is two, two massive CEOs of two massive companies. And, and I think the, the game of golf from a business, business perspective has such a broad reaching horizon that we only scratch the surface talking about yeah. it. I mean, the easiest way for me to explain, because pe people that don't play golf don't understand, how come... How come business deals get done on the golf course? What is it like, sixty percent or fifty percent? It's a massive number, and you I know? think I think it goes back to leaders. I think, I think, on some level, leadership traits lend themselves to being a certain way. Where yeah. you're in a conference room having a meeting, your team is there, their team is there. You can't always budge on certain things, but when you then move the conference or the meeting, it's the two CEOs playing a game of golf yeah. on a beautiful golf course, and they're both equally bad or equally as good, it kind of like brings them to the same level. And I think they, 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 go, they get to a place where they say, you know what, we actually are trying to, to reach a common goal and we can, we can make things happen together. Yeah. How about we forget all this tit for tat and let's just make a deal happen. Yeah. And I think that's what it is, to be honest. It's a sport played by decision makers, influential, <laughs> yeah. you know, influential business owners, you know, these uh, CEOs, managing directors, they play the sport. Um, why haven't I bought a set of clubs? I mean, what I mean, just look what it's done networking-wise for you. I'm sure you found yourself in a position where you were thinking that if it wasn't for the the, the golfing platform, I probably wouldn't have met this uh, this guy. It opens doors for you. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Which uh, is awesome. It's 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 surreal. Uh, I've been extremely lucky, and, and and it goes back to hard work. I, I'm now beginning to reap the benefits of 20 years of work. I could have I could have given up at any point. I've had very very dark days, and I could have said you know what, I've tried my best, and I have. I've invested so much in this game of golf. I've financial burdens, relationship burdens, so many things and so many levels. And, and, and I, every single time I look at myself and I've said, I've, gone, I've come too far. It's kind of one of those things where you wait in the line for an hour to get something and you're like kind of on the precipice. Do I, do I quit or do I continue because I've invested so much time already? Just continue to push myself. And, and I've... That's what it's about. I've... I've, I've I love to be positive and I love to be optimistic and, and I don't have rose colored glasses on. I know the world can be a dark place. I know that situations can be tough and I know that you're not always going to get good results. But I think it's also our responsibility to have a good perspective on it all, right? I have certain variables I can control and I have certain variables that I can't control. I, I choose what perspective, what lens I want to look at the world from. from. And as long as I can continue to, to, to try and, and spread that positivity, spread, spread, spread that optimism, then I think we can all be better together. Yeah, 100%. You touched on something that's important to me uh, and important to 
I think a lot of people out there, it's very under-discussed, um, mental health, you touched on the word depression. Yeah. Um, have you found out that, um, or have you found that being on the course solo um, with a club, ball, you know, vitamin D, fresh air, have you found that it would often um, diffuse any mental health issues that you may have? I think it, it has those properties. Obviously, for me, the, the issue was that the thing causing my depression was my golf results. Okay. So I wasn't able to, to utilize all the benefits of the golf course mm. because of that. But I think that's a very individual situation. I think just being out in nature and just being active and get your heart pumping kind yeah. of to kind of diffuse some situations is important, uh, whether it's playing golf or running or any certain any activity in nature i think we've become such a society of sitting at home and, and, and our, on our yeah on our smartphones kind of it's a disaster it is it's tough and yeah. I, I think i think it goes back to a lot of the campaigns that are coming out now about mental health and mental health awareness i mean massive corporations government entities are starting to talk about it and i think it's very important and i think like you exercise your body t to become healthy your brain also needs to be exercised your brain also needs to be taken care of and then i think it goes back to some of those things that i've been mentioning about being better to each other i think we've become so interested in self-gain and self-interest that we forget that actually if i help some person and he helps me we can actually go further together i think I think as much as much as we think of like what can I achieve alone, what can I achieve as a community, and and that's kind of what I found even in playing professional golf. Yes, I'm the only one, but I have so many people behind me. I mean, I have some massive companies that have thrown their weight behind me: Saudi Aramco, the Ministry of Investment with their Invest Saudi brand, Golf Saudi, which is the development brand uh, uh, of uh, golf in Saudi Arabia. It's incredible. These are big names that have said, you know what, we like what you're doing and we like your journey. Let's help you along. They, re they reached out? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. I, I, as soon as I turned professional, I, I, I wasn't lacking in support. And, and it goes, I think it goes back to me saying I must have done at least some things right in my life to be given this opportunity. And, 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 and I'm a firm believer in that. I like I'm, the way I, you think. I'm, I'm a firm believer in, yeah. in karma and and. Spreading positive energy. Correct. I am so into the in, into, into the thought of spreading positive vibes. Yeah. I talk about it all the time. I love it. Like it, some people just have an aura. I don't know how to explain it. I'm not into astrological, physiological like phenomenons, but some people you're around and you just feel better. Yeah. There's a reason for that. Yeah. And it's not always it's contagious. It, it is contagious. When someone smiles or when someone's happy, it you just want to be happy. And and I think that's kind of going back to let's just be good to each other let's be positive let's see what we can do and, and it's just i keep hammering on this idea because i want to see boys and girls go out and dream like if it's if if it doesn't scare you there's so many quotes about mm, dreaming right yeah. do we ever live them yeah. we read them and we feel great for a minute and then like we forget it we go back to our job we go back to yeah, our back to our phones and i think just being out there and being social and being expressive i love to be expressive some people might, may say i'm a bit out there but man if, if i can leave a room and some people feel better about me being in that room then f so be it yeah absolutely absolutely be yourself and you know those that um that want to buy in buy in and those that don't don't in a room for in a room full of 100 people not everyone's going to love you and need to be okay with that yeah 100% you know you're not going to be for everyone yeah but you're going to be for some yeah and um and uh, and that's really all that matters you know just be yourself be true to yourself you liking the changes we're seeing in Saudi so far away from the golf scene massively you have female family members driving 
it's not just the driving. I think it's opportunities for everyone. Yeah. To, to, to be honest, yeah, it's great. It's unbelievable some of the opportunities that, that my fellow Saudi females are getting from in, in the workplace, in the environment, in the economy, and getting opportunities that mm. they might not have thought of a couple of years ago. It's surreal. Yeah. And, and to be honest, I think all the change and, and how we've accepted the change goes to show how resilient a society we are. I mean, I don't know any other country in the world that could have gone through as much change as we've had in the last five years yeah. and been okay with it. It's crazy. Can I give you a stat that I caught uh, this morning, statement from uh, His Royal Highness Crown Prince Please. last night? Yeah. Uh, a year ago, females in the job market was 16% contribution. And um, as of, well, last night when the statement came out, it was up to 32. Wow. So you're looking at double in the span of 12 months. That's unbelievable. Um, I, I do apologize if I'm a percentage or two off, but it, uh, it doubled in the last 12 months. Female contribution to the, to the job market. Wow. So what's it going to be next year? Is it going to double again? I mean, it's, um, it's, it's profound that. It is. Um, uh, how, how involved they're getting. Um, every, you know, females are working now. I don't think it's just working. I, I'm so proud. I'm so proud of my mom and I'm so proud of my aunts and I'm so proud of my friends. Because look, for me to play golf 20 years ago, yeah, it's tough because no one plays golf. And yeah, it's tough because there's not great training and there's not a lot of good events and I'm trying to do something that's never been done before, but I could do it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So for females to go out and, and, and to try and play a sport where they weren't the most favored to play the sport at the time or, or even thought of to play sports sports in our in our culture and community was for males and, and always all, was yeah. all of a sudden now we have athletes playing in the olympics yeah. i mean those are the bravest people i'm so proud of Truly. those girls because look i know deep down they know they're not going to achieve a positive result but they're going on a world forum and representing saudi arabia as some of the first athletes they are I mean, even in our space, we've been so lucky. We had the first ever girls team, uh, female team represent Saudi Arabia in an international championship mm -hmm. in the GCC championships in Oman last year. I mean, I would love to give those girls a shout out. I mean, we have Raghda Al-Isawi and Leila Tilmisani and Fatim Gahtani and Yasmin Nasif went out basically as beginner or intro golfers and said, look, we want to go represent Saudi. We yeah. were happy to go and take some punches and, and but we want to fly the flag we yeah. want to go do it that's yeah. such a brave huge, thing and, and i'm so beyond proud it's yeah. it's it's crazy i'd and like to throw delma malhas's name in there as well also yeah horseback rider 100 yeah. percent. there's so many and yeah. i think it's our obligation now to go to go out and support them yeah like as much as we can on, yeah 100 yeah. it's a new dawn yeah um on the subject of females, uh, how good are the ladies here today? Can any of them take you? I think that's a very I politically charged question. <laughs> I, I say think tongue I th in cheek. I think <laughs> politically charged. I think any golfer, I think any professional golfer can be any professional golfer on any day. Is that how it is in the sport? Sex notwithstanding. Okay. I, I was very very lucky to play in an event in Jordan um, last year. It was the first ever combined championship so we had uh, every group had one female one male and one senior golfer and they played the same golf course for the same purse from different tee boxes and it was mind it was such a scientific experiment they wanted to see what would happen right because i'm it's a question that's been asked many many times so you play three days you get to the final day and the final group the top three players is one female one senior and one male yeah. it's <laughs> unreal that's really cool so 
it is a politically charged it is it is a, a an interesting question that sorry 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 if it was an uncomfortable uncomfortable not at all okay, it's, yeah. it's mind it's like thought-provoking yeah, i like it because yeah. i've never thought of it that way yeah. i've always complete when i was playing collegiate golf in the states we play with the women's golf team and we compete yeah. and it was never you're the best male at the male best male golfer best female golfer is the best golfer and i think it's a great thing i think it's it's again it goes back to saying that a mom, dad, boy, and a girl com- yeah, compete together. Like, yeah, like yeah. it's such a beautiful sport. Truly is. Yes, the physical traits of a male athlete are, are a bit different than a female athlete, but the game of uh, of golf has an, a humbling, equaling uh, trait that we can all compete on the same golf course. That's what I wanted to touch on, um, yeah. because my, my the sports the my, the the, int- the sports that I'm interested in is basketball, um, soccer, tennis, and I watch those regularly. Um, and in those sports, uh, the gap between male and female is uh, is larger um, than than I expected golf to be, because golf is more finesse, mm-hmm. you know, than it is. Okay, the the driving I understand that the driving of the male is you know is is, is longer than a female, but then again, you have different tee spots, mm-hmm. so the ladies go a little closer. That's why it it was it was thought provoking. It was intriguing for me to think that, wow, I think a male and a female can compete. A lot more than they can compete on a basketball court. Like 100%. you look at like a LeBron James, and you know when he's dunking, his 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 eyes on the rims level. Hmm. Um, and in the f- in in the females, the physicality is a little different. Tennis as well. Um, and I just thought, wow, you know, it's refreshing to know that maybe in golf it's not the case at all because it's more finesse and technique mm-hmm. than it is physicality and um, you know power. I think the professional game, the professional male game, has changed uh, recently. Obviously, athletes, Tiger Woods has changed everything, really. I think he's created a generation of golfers that are super into the gym, super into being powerful. It's kind of become a really, really cool balance of power and accuracy that yeah. really has never been seen before. Did he do to golf what Michael Jordan did to basketball? Did he give it a face, a coolness? I think he did more. I, like, MJ was great. I love MJ, and I love basketball, and I I. I I had such a great time watching that docu series that came out. Yeah, that's amazing. But but, M- the NBA was popular with a lot of people. Um, golf wasn't popular at all. There, you, if you, if you were exposed to golf, you liked it. If you weren't, you had no clue. And Tiger Woods opened the door for a lot of golfers from a lot of different backgrounds. Yeah. I think he's he 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 shattered stereotypes. He didn't just change. He yeah. shattered them. Yeah. Um, African American element to it. Everywhere in the world, really. Even as a Middle Eastern uh, athlete or kid, I was inspired yeah. to go out and try and play golf, a sport I've never thought of before. Yeah. People bought in. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think the way he did it, it was so, so world-crushing. That's never been seen before, that yeah. for someone to come out and dominate so profoundly. It, to this day, no one's done it. And, and for someone to say he's the next Tiger Woods, it, that's the word they say. Can you imagine that? Yeah. To, to yeah. be the benchmark. Yeah. Whenever someone is surreal, they say, oh, he reminds us of Tiger Woods. And the guy is still playing golf. The guy is still competing in championships and still winning. Yeah. How, how like unreal a level is. is that? It is. Typically, how, I mean, how old can you go and still be good, relevant, competing with the Rory McIlroy's of the world? I think... It's a moving, it's a moving bar now because you have players like Ernie Els and Phil Mickelson still in their fifties competing on the main tour. So I don't know, to be honest. So at least that. How old are you? I'm 34. 
if you're playing soccer, you're looking at you know your testimonial pretty soon. Pretty soon, yeah. You know, 35, 36. If you're a goalkeeper, maybe maybe 37. Yeah, yeah. And to think that you, inshallah, you know, may God give you life, inshallah. you can play for another 30 years. Minimum. And competitively, at least for 20 of them. I think you chose the right sport, buddy. I think It's refreshing. I think it goes back to doing things properly and then finding opportunities presented and then taking those opportunities because yes. I never would have thought like I would achieve or be where I am today. I dreamt it. Yeah, I, I was a kid dreaming of what I could achieve and what I could do. And I had no roadmap. And, that, and that's the crazy thing. That's what I love to tell people. I was like, look, I had no clue what I was doing. I was in beyond unchared, uncharted territory. And, and I knew what my goal was. I know what I wanted to be and where I wanted to be playing. And, but I had no clue how to get there. Yeah. And I, can, I made a lot of mistakes on the way. You had no and one to follow. 100%. And, and that's kind of like where I want to kind of step in now is, look, you don't have to make the same mistakes I made. Yeah. I did it for 20 years and I learned a lot from these experiences. Let me help. If I cut the journey in for you in half, Maybe you come become better than me. And, and that's the thing. Like, Some people may think that I, I want to be the only professional golfer from Saudi Arabia, but nothing could be further from, from the case. We're playing, in, we're watching an event here, the, the, the Aramco Saudi Ladies International, and, and, and there's 110 golfers. I, w I would love for there to be 110 golfers competing from Saudi Arabia in a professional event. I bet you would. Like, Opportunities are given. No one's going to take my opportunity away from me as much as I wouldn't take an opportunity away from another player. Uh, I actually think to have some s some competition, to have some other Saudi golfers would be good for us all, to be honest. Uh, I still enjoy going out and playing golf with the guys on the national team, and they're competitive. I'm, it's not – there's no gulf of difference between me and them. I've, I've just decided to take this step a little bit earlier than they want to. And, yeah. and, and by all means, I would love to one day see – Saud and Khalid and Abdurrahman and Faisal al-Salhab and all these players compete. It would be unbelievable. Yeah. It ju it'd just be another step in the right direction of what we're trying to achieve. I'm, I'm very, very lucky with my attachment to Saudi Golf Federation and, and my ambassadorship with Golf Saudi to be able to see all these plans and all these unbelievable things that they're doing to grow the game of golf and to give these elite athletes the opportunity to dream. Yeah. At the time I was playing golf, it was absurd what I thought I wanted to do, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. I think about it now as, as a mature adult, and I'm like, I don't know what I was thinking. Like, thank, thank God, alhamdulillah, and my parents were, were blindly supportive. Yeah. They saw something that made me happy, and they saw that I was passionate about it, and they saw that I had thought about the process. I knew, I told them, I know it's going to be tough, and I know I'm going to make some mistakes along the way, but let's see what I can do. Let's yeah. see where we can go. Like, Well, you paved the way. 100%. And, and the Something I've learned, I think, to appreciate is the journey as opposed to the result. I found myself sometimes working re really hard to win a certain event or to place at a certain event, and then I get there, and, and yeah, it's great, but I, I ended up almost going through the motions getting there, and I've kind of goes back to mental health, right? Like, if, if you're so results, results, results-oriented, sometimes you forget to in embrace the journey, to enjoy the journey, because that's where the beauty is. The beauty is in these little experiences where you don't achieve something and then you pick yourself up and then you make another plan and then you figure it out. That's where the, that's where the beauty in the journey is. And, I, and, and it's crazy. Since learning to embrace the journey, my results have become better. It's, it's bizarre. It's an unbelievable story to hear. Alhamdulillah. Um, 
what advice do you have to a young kid that comes up to you and says, uh, how, uh, what, what advice do you have for me? Uh, I want to become a golfer. What do I do? What do I not do? I'm 10 years old. Uh, I want to be the next Uthman al-Mullah. I think, first of all, I tell them to dream bigger than that. I love it. And <laughs> nothing inspires me more than if someone says that to me. And, and, and I say dream big. Dream as big as you can and then dream bigger. Because like, mm-hmm. I think that's how you make it. Because I think we limit ourselves a bit. Because like, as, as, as I said, you need to be agile. You need to be able to change your dreams and goals. Because sometimes you have to pivot. And you have to be flexible enough to do that. Because just because you, you dreamt of being an astronomer when you were 10 and you did sciences and you tried to make it and then you didn't doesn't mean you can't, can't make phenomenal change doesn't mean you can't become something massive in whatever endeavor you choose to do if we go about golf i can i can give many examples talk to me use me i'm, I'm I, I i always share my contact information to anyone that asks and and sometimes people say well you're overextending yourself and i'm like yeah but i have an obligation to give back yes it'll be stressful it'll be busy but i'll, I'll feel fulfilled yeah what good is it to, 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 to build out a platform for myself and then to not use it in a good way? Mm. So dream big, work really, really hard and know that it's not going to be easy and, and know that you're going to take a lot of probably un, un, unsolicited advice from people that are going to give you advice that isn't in your best interest. And, and you need to know that. And, and I think having a really good support system around you is important, yeah. whether it's your parents or your friends. And I think the biggest takeaway is to listen to the little voice in your head, in your head that says you can and not yeah. the voice that says you can't. And you're going to fall in a lot of situations where you're going to think of quitting. Yeah. You say, um, uh, you know, have a good support system. Is that because it's an individual sport? So you, don't have, you don't have teammates on the course picking you up? Well, yes and no. I think even, even in, in football, like you, you hear some of the best athletes and they say my mom, yeah. my cousin, my brother, my friend. I think in any endeavor where you you aspire to be the best or one of the best where there's seven billion human beings on this earth and only a very minuscule number of those people actually achieve in in the world of athletics what they want to achieve you cannot do it alone like it's 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 an even smaller smaller number of athletes that have done it without any help yeah and it can be as as simple as encouraging word it could be as simple as Someone finding you at your lowest and saying one word that can change your whole perspective on what you can achieve. And, and it goes back to just continue to believe in that little voice that says you can yeah. and, and work really hard. Yeah, put in the hours. Because we grind, like we grind in private for public occasions. And a lot of people see someone win and pick up a trophy this week and won't know what that person went through this year. COVID, yeah. not being able to travel, being depressed, not being able to be outside not being able to be with the ones you love. There's mm-hmm. so many things that we don't think about. Yeah. It's not just hitting a golf ball around. It's yeah, not no. just putting the work in on the golf course. Yeah, a lot of moving parts. Yeah. yeah. Um, would have you done something differently if you can go back in time? I don't know. Would I have wanted to make it earlier? Of course, but I don't think so. Because I, I think every decision I've made in my life has shaped the person that I am today. Like, obviously, I, I, I want to be a little bit further down in my in my professional career and, and where I am ranked and stuff like that and what tournaments I'm playing. But I'm so lucky to be to, to, to have been on this journey. And I'm, I'm so blessed to, 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 to be able to do something I love and to be supported to do it. And, and the thing I love 
this is my conundrum. I love competing and being in that arena, but I also love to give back. And you say I didn't pick up a golf club today because I think it's also a massive obligation to, to inspire a generation of people to go out and dream yeah. chase, yeah. whether it's golf, whether it's business, whether it's anything they want to do. So, no, I probably wouldn't have changed anything, to be honest. With all its imperfections, Nothing. made you the person you are today. Nothing. Amazing. Yeah. Really, thank you for, uh, for your time today. Um, I really appreciate it. I did not expect um, the conversation to go much beyond golf. Um, but you, you touched on so many different elements um, that, um, that is intriguing, it's uh, thought-provoking. Um, you're, you're very articulate um, uh, and um, you know, mature beyond your years, mashallah. Um, I bet you read a lot um, because you, 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 uh, you just share so many life lessons that I think a lot of people, including myself, can, can learn from this uh, podcast. Um, for thanks for your uh, really wisdom, you know, in so many elements beyond the golf course. And uh, I look forward to spending the next couple of days with you over here. Um, and maybe we can uh, go on the range at some point and of you can we'll teach me how not to skew that five iron. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, um, I, think, I think we can. And, and look, I want to give an open invitation to anyone that watches either this via video or listens to the podcast yeah. via audio. Reach out. I'm, I'm happy to help anyone in any which way I can, whether it's figuring out how to get to a golf course, how to swing a golf club, how to get closer to Mo. <laughs> like it's, I'm, I'm a lucky guy and, and thank you for having me. It's, it's been you kidding. It's, it's my, it's I, my I, pleasure. I, I remember just quickly. I remember w watching some of the clips of some of the first episodes you did. And I'm like, man, maybe one day he'll ask me to be on the show, but <laughs> I don't want to be the guy that says, Hey Mo, have me on the show. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? The stars were aligned. I reached out to you before getting the invite to come here. And, and then it was like, you know what? Let's do it over here. And it worked out. I think it goes back to that positive vibe. Just spread it those does. positive vibes and see what It happens. does. It does. I love being around you. I love positive people. I love your positivity. Um, and just, man, just keep doing what you're doing. Thanks, it's uh, it's um, like I'm very proud that we have, uh, uh, you know, the face of Gulf Saudi that we do being you. Um, it, uh, it makes me feel proud to be Saudi, honestly. Um, so, uh, so keep doing what you're doing and uh, f fly that flag high for us. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you very much. Thanks, Habibi. Thanks. I really appreciate you taking the time. Thanks. Yalla. See you soon. Thanks.